and welcome to the Magical Holistic Healing Arts. I'm Lynn Hicks. I'm Erica Hicks. And here we interview practitioners of many modalities and learn greater ways to take care of our sacred body vessel. As always, we are proud distributors of Kangen Water, the life-changing elixir to our lives. And have you heard of Dr. Zach Bush? Well, he is one of the hydration specialists who talks and researches all about hydration. And he actually states that the epidemic of all epidemics is dehydration. So he talks about how to hydrate and what better way to hydrate than with Kangen water, electrically reduced water. So if you're interested in learning how to get your own machine and start drinking this amazing water, check the links below and contact us. On today's episode, we have our friendly world with Fawn and Matt, and we're going to ask them about what is your magical art? Holy moly, honey. Can you go first? Because I don't know what my magical art superpower is. Do you know? Can well, you, you go ahead. I don't know if it's a magical art per se, but it's, it's certainly a skill that I have developed over many, many years. And that is the art of putting myself in someone else's shoes. This is not necessarily empathy, but it's really having an understanding of how somebody got to this point in their life, how somebody sees the world, views the world, evaluates the world. Uh, in my real, in my quote unquote real life, I'm a software developer. And so we, you know, software is meant to enable people to do wonderful things. And when you screw it up, you know it. And when you screw it up, people, people are hurt. People, people feel stupid. People feel a lot of negative emotions when you don't get that right. And it's, it's a matter of really kind of diving in and understanding, you know, where, what is your point of pain? Well, you know, welcome to our podcast as well. What is your point of pain? What can we do to help? Um, you know, people aren't necessarily looking for hearts and flowers, but in the software world, there's a mat, you know, there's many maxims, but um, people talk about how uh, people's first goal in using any software application or really living their lives is not to look foolish. That's number one. Number two is to get a reasonable amount of work done, but people come at computers and, and I, I want to say they come at life with just this viewpoint of, I just don't want to look stupid. I just don't want to do stupid stuff. And then I want to, I want to live a reasonable life. So really empathizing and really understanding how they see the world and how they um, go through the world and, and really trying to, you know, bring, bring that into a zone of comfort for them. That's great, honey. Ha, try and follow um, that up. I can't follow that. All I can say <laughs> is I think my magical art is also empathy, but it's also my kryptonite. So it's my superpower and my kryptonite. And I get messages in the bathroom and in the kitchen. I'm very psychic. I'm an empath, um, which, I mean, I can feel three grocery aisles over what someone is feeling. And sometimes I have to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. What is my magical art, honey? What is it? You've known me forever. It's compassion, darling. Thanks, babe. I am. Okay. Yeah, compassion. That's a good one. Thank you. Is that okay? Am I cheating? It's a double-edged sword, but yes, it's compassion. <laughs> Lynn and Erica, is that cheating? Is that okay? <laughs> no, it's not cheating at all. No, and it's beautiful because you both are sharing. It's called our friendly world. So you're sharing this understanding, which is so necessary right now and really breeding all of us a, through your show and whatever you do to, to look for that compassion because we are trying not to look foolish and we do feel other people and we don't want to make anyone feel bad. I mean, I don't think people go out to make other people feel bad. Our whole, our whole thing, I don't know. Do you guys want to start with the questions? I don't know, like I can like tell you what we're all about but and that's all we're all interconnected and it's not just about you know the fear of looking foolish I mean I always say I actually I'm diving in deep and I would love to look foolish and I'm going to act foolishly and yell at someone across the street how freaking beautiful they are even though I'm, I don't know them you know I'll be foolish and and haphazard about just jumping in and starting a conversation with some someone and 
I feel like a big dog most of the time <laughs> who wants to jump on someone and say, I'm your best friend. You're my best friend. I love you. And Matt will always say you're scaring people. Just calm down. Yes, but, I will say that. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> However, you were slowly bringing me around. I've got a new kind of mantra I'm trying on, which is fail fast in everything. So if you're thinking, hey, I'd like to go off in direction Y, well, go that way, go really fast, figure out if that makes sense. And if it doesn't, then quickly step back away. But, you know, so in maybe meeting somebody for the first time, you know, go with a deep dive and see if they'll follow you, see if they'll come with you on whatever journey it is that you decide to go on. And if they don't, then they don't. I feel like we should explain what we're all about. We probably should. Sound huh? a this little is confusing. very all over the place, isn't it? So years ago, <laughs> I'm, okay, let me way, 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 way back. Um, so we also have a podcast. It's called Our Friendly World with Fawn and Matt. And it's just both of us at our kitchen table right here, as you can see. And we have a conversation about the art of friendship. And really, we're here to get rid of the loneliness epidemic. But we're not treating it like we, we've noticed over the years, finally, people are talking about it. The fact that there is a problem here. When we were talking about it, we would get all kinds of people just, uh, what's the word for it? They would get really defensive. Yes, right? of course. Like, what's the word for it? They were um, beyond defensive. It was, it was crazy because I, I would just make a, a note or a comment on our society in general. And the person who would be standing in front of me would take it so personally. I would never use you. Have you noticed how you are not making friends? I would never say that. And I wasn't thinking that, but I would just comment on our society and our different cultures from around the world. And, and being a documentary photographer, going from one country to the next and then coming back to the United States, when you get that perspective, when you come back, you're like wait a minute, that's, oh, it's different over here. Like, I didn't realize how we behave here. Now I'm, my eyes are like even more open to it. Like, wow, we don't share tables here. Right. Like, wow, you go to a coffee shop and God forbid you sit next to someone at a large table. You know, we have our bubbles here. And depending on where you are in the world, it's it's not that way. And, you know, just little things like that, you, you really get struck by and so anyway going way, going way 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 back um i'm also i was raised with different cultures since i was a baby and i always noticed the differences of different families and different homes and how they treated each other um you know there are cultures where the family stays together and you don't move out at 18 and the parents don't say to you hey kid your time's up in 18 years. Your time's up. You better be out of here. I'm going to get you a set of luggage for your 18th birthday. That was like always <laughs> growing up. I heard that. I'm like, oh, like they have a lease, like their rent is due and they're out at 18. Where are you going to go? Like it, it always surprised me. And then it always surprised me that those same parents would be so offended when the kids wouldn't call or they weren't around for Thanksgiving, you know, I just feel like little things like that in our culture has become so the norm. And it's not just that there are thousands of examples that can come up with of how we have become so fragmented as a society. And it starts with the family. And now it's in the realm of friendship that everyone's so scattered and and I'm not, as I was telling you both before, I don't blame the internet. You know, people say, oh, it's, it's social media. I've noticed this for decades. You know, I noticed it before the dot-com era. I was seeing how it was getting bigger and bigger, this, this fracture, this Yes, yes, divide, I absolutely right? agree, but I do think social media does play its part. Well, it helped, but I think things have been bubbling for so many years and it's become faster. Mm -hmm. the, the speed at which we're getting from point A to point B, it's, it's gotten worse and it's getting faster, like faster as in all of a sudden, look at us, we're in a pandemic and we're really not hanging out with one another. Do you know what I mean? I think it's yeah, just- no, 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 uh, absolutely. I'm not going to blame one thing on it. I think this has been coming all along. And so when we talked about it, people were like, 
what are you talking about? I don't have a problem with this. And I would hear those same people say, oh, thank God. Like we would secretly, um, my kids and I would secretly match people up together and they would have friends. And I would hear them say things like, oh, thank God I've been feeling lonely for so long. I've been really wishing to have friends like you. These are the same people that would yell at me and say, I don't know what you're talking about, Fawn. I have plenty of friends. We don't have a problem in our society, in our culture. Anyway, so I digress. I'm like talking way too much. But so anyway, years ago, we come from, um, I call it a mentor. I talk about it on, on our very, very first show. I had a mentor that taught me the art of friendship re-taught me I should say and this mentor was actually a city a city would not suspect that would have friendship at its core it was like living in Italy 800 years ago in a village where everyone is friends with everyone else there are no isms there was no ageism sexism um, any kind of racism nothing we all played together. And if you were to bring a bunch of us together and look at the tattoos we all had, now I have piercings, I don't have tattoos, but you would see all kinds of different tattoos and that would pretty much describe us as a group. We had tattoos from like Maori designs to numbers from Auschwitz, all ages. And we would skateboard and rollerblade on the boardwalk so this mentor was actually the city of santa monica and it was a bubble of time it was not only time it was a bubble like i don't know a very special period where every day there was a lesson on friendship and what it's truly about and to be in a place like los angeles which is where santa monica really is to have that occur there was really special, right, babe? Like, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was unheard of. We would eat together, play together. We would fight together. And we just, it was, I'm telling you, it was just utopia for a little bit. For a little bit, for And sure. then the bubble got thinner, thinner, and then it popped. And it was no longer the same. But for 13 years, Santa Monica was my mentor and I took notes. And I took notes from all the people that that were in this neighborhood. And I took notes from all my travels every time I came back, things that I noticed. And so that's what we talk about on our podcast. We're not talking about the loneliness epidemic like people are saying, oh, it's like uh, smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It causes Alzheimer's and heart disease. Now it does. But... And that, it does. But that's where people are leaving it. Like, thanks very much for that thank you. What do we do now? And so what we do is we don't talk about all the diseases or anything. We just talk about, Hey, remember how to have a party? Remember, like we talk about what we're doing right now and how truly interconnected we are. And we, we talk about all the different ways that we are interconnected. We bring in neuroscientists and we bring in psychotherapists Mostly it's us talking because we've been really researching this for a long time to the point where we even had our own matchmaking service, a platonic matchmaking service to bring best friends together within your own zip code. You know, um, so this has become our mission. I'm talking too much. Why don't you say something? And you're fine. You're <laughs> totally fine. But yes, um, you know, we, we, we get into it. Um, we talk about what it, what it takes to be a good host because that's one aspect of friendship and really welcoming people in. And we talk about how, um, how a punch is kind of the ultimate expression of communication. Hold on, hold on a second. Back huh? up, back up. That sounds really weird. It does. So, okay, so examples. We're just, we're going to stop talking about what we talk about and actually give you examples. <laughs> so Matt and I met in a dojo, a martial arts school. Um, the, the training is Aikido, which is Japanese. And there are two lineages. One is very muscular. 
one is very energetic. So the style we came from, the school we met was, so someone has you in a wrist lock, like back behind you. You're not allowed to get out of this lock with using your muscle. You have to use all the energetic powers to blend in with the other person to connect, to get out of that wrist lock. You're not, you're, you're not allowed to hurt the person's ego or their physical body. So what Matt is saying by what he's I was going to explain Okay, it. it just sounded really wrong. I know, but so. if, if somebody, okay, so, so you and I are talking about something and then you and I get into a disagreement. Oh, we agree to disagree. No, it steps up a level. We start yelling at each other. It steps up another level. We start screaming at each other. It steps up another level. And all of a sudden somebody wants to punch. So really a punch is the ultimate kind of, you're not listening to me and I, you must. So it's, it's an act of communication. Oh my God. It's wow. the, it's the um, desperate need to connect. It's a desperate need to connect. And then what do you do with that? You know, somebody is directing that much energy in your direction. Well, I don't want to get hit. So it's about how to avoid getting hit. And it's also about how to, you know, bring the, bring the whole conversation, some would say a fight around to a point where people can calm down. Tell them, tell them what we were taught. Okay. I'll say it. And then you, you continue. <laughs> My voice is weird today, but when someone is attacking you, it is your job to protect your attacker. So when I first heard that, I said out loud, are you crazy? Because I was cross-training and I was learning to break knees and joints and then run away. But right. in our style and with Aikido, you're there to protect your attacker. So if someone is attacking you in any way, it's your job without hurting them. Actually, your job is to make them feel good while you bring them back. Well, we call it bringing back to center, really. We're trying to get them back to a place where they're no longer like this, you know, boiling cauldron of rage. You're supposed to bring everyone back to harmony. And so, yeah, bring them back to harmony without, of course, obviously getting hurt yourself and without it, you know, um, really on some level affecting, you know, the way you proceed forward in the world. And then this extends beyond just the physical realm and extends into the vocal realm as far as, you know, how do you, how do you keep people from, you know, elevating the, the, uh, the issue from the beginning, you know, and it's, it's not, it's definitely not about being meek because meekness is a trigger for some people. But it's about really kind of, I call it the Popeye syndrome where, you know, Popeye always, I am what I am, right? Popeye knew who he was. It's about, it starts with you knowing who you are and really having a good, clean understanding of that. And that's warts and all, that's all your foibles and all your, because nobody's perfect. And, you know, not being dissuaded from moving through the world the way you would regardless of somebody, you know, getting up in your face and, you know, wanting this or wanting that, that's, you know, on some level irrelevant. So you're still in your power. You're very powerful and strong, yet you're like a mother or a father that's lovingly taking care of an infant. And that infant is the screaming attacker. And what you do is verbally, emotionally, and physically, you're there to give them a nice, sweet ride. So I, you know, I, when I walked into this dojo, Matt has, was the teacher's pet. He'd been there for a long time. And so here I come, I'm coming from total chopping, cutting, throwing. I was like the Tasmanian devil that showed up to the school. Like I was ready to brawl. Like I was so excited <laughs> to throw down and I had all these big men that looked so burly and scary be so woo woo like hippie like we're here to love i'm like what no but what they so so they're like okay go ahead try to punch us and so when you punch a black belt like when someone really knows their aikido it is the funnest ride when they're throwing you up in the air and gently you know uh, cradling you to the ground 
Now your arm is twisted and it's just in just the right position where they can snap stuff. But you, you feel like you're a kid. I don't know if you guys know, but like when there's a strong uncle that takes you by your, your wrist, your hands and twirls you around in a circle, like, you know, that fun thing they would do, like twirl you around. That's what it feels like when you're thrown by someone, when you're, when you're coming in with a punch, when you're coming in with an attack, truly, when you know your Aikido, when you're in harmony, that's how you feel as the attacker like we but if you keep resisting then you you are in trouble like it will hurt but do you see what i mean so we take stuff like this and that's what we talk about we talk about okay how do we deal with confrontation how can we be friends together right how can we how can we be friends who disagree for instance because you know that is the nature i think of as soon as you step outside yourself conflict on some level is inevitable so it's about how you handle that gracefully and and well and then there's also like we talk about food a lot food is big with us <laughs> but you know like a long time ago when we were married we use we use our wedding ceremony as an example of how to be and how not to be and how to have I don't remember how to have um what's the word when you have a party uh when you have get-togethers when you have what's the word you know like get-togethers gatherings gatherings like we forgot how to gather and so that's one thing we we have so much advice on that we can get into that right now if you want but like how do we gather coming out of this pan- pandemic uh we didn't really know how before and now it's going to be much worse. It's and going to be very awkward. Way more awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely, your guys' mission and your story, and I've heard Aikido a couple times. So, like, hearing your process and how that's transformed your lives and you're bringing it into your kids' lives and now on podcasts, into the virtual world, it is so lovely because there is so much strife and it's like we all we all are – everyone has their own opinion, but yet we get mad for everyone having their own opinion. And like, but yet we should all should be thinking differently and some similarly and some different, but like, that's what, that's what this human experience is. It's about having differences and similarities and remembering that we are the oneness and you know, you are me and I am you. So how can we work with that? Just experiencing different ways. So yeah, the whole gathering thing. I would love you to even talk more about friendship and even the confrontation, like how to handle confrontation or how to hold that space and have that flow that you were just talking about with the keto. Erica, I love what you said about having space. And that's the key first thing that needs to be worked on. And that's what we talk about is capacity. Because All of us have been through so much in our lives and because we've had to deal with so many things by ourselves, even if we're with other people, we could be married, we could, we could have acquaintances around us. It doesn't mean that we don't feel alone, especially when we go through hard times, we all feel alone and we feel, we, we tend to dive into this lie that says we are alone that we're the only ones experiencing what we're experiencing. And, you know, there are times when people go through really hard things and then their friends disappear. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. Like, I know I have. Where, like, we thought we had people that we thought were our best friends. And when we were in a life and death situation, they all disappeared, like, poof, like magic. We never saw them again. When that kind of stuff happens, and it doesn't have to be to that extreme, you do start thinking and believing the lie that we are separate, but we're really not. The thing is that because we've all had so much to deal with in our lives, there's no more capacity. There's not, you're not able to reach out to someone else and help them out and perhaps see this person needs a glass of water. Because you're so overwhelmed yourself that you can't reach out. You can't 
do the simplest thing to help someone else out because you're truly not able. You're not, you don't have the capacity. And for example, like having conversation, everyone wants to speak because everyone wants to be heard. But like, let's just take all the racial strife that's out there. I have a lot that I want to say. My Black brothers and sisters, I feel like they should speak first. Their pain needs to be heard first. I also have major pain, but I'm just going to be quiet. I don't know if that's a good example or not. You know where I'm trying to get at, Matt? What I'm trying to say is we're, we're all needing to express ourselves, but we may not be in a space where we can truly hear someone else because all we hear is our own pain or our own experiences because no one's been listening to us. And once someone listens to you, then you feel heard and you feel more balanced and you feel nourished. Nourished. Thank you, honey. And then you can truly hear someone else without putting yourself into it. And I think that's where a lot of problems come is because we're not truly hearing what someone is saying. We're on the attack because we want to share our thing, our, our perspective, our issue. And so that's what we're wanting to do is have conversation. And I think that's the key to everything is to say something, be heard, and then listen and relearn the art of speaking, relearn the art of hearing and once we do that that's that's the first step right don't you think um knowing yourself is the first step really understanding and and really being candid with yourself i think is i think is the first step now we disagree all the time so here we are um but certainly a very strong second step is right there well and i i love that because I do think now, especially with our isolation and everything escalated, people do want to be heard. And I find that all the time. I'm fortunate like you guys have family and you can listen to each other. I have my daughter. There's a lot of people that no one's listening to. Yes. And, um, you know, even when I sit and listen to them, because that's one of my great arts, like I'm amazed at what comes out. Like there's anger and there's just all kinds of stuff and really knowing yourself as you were speaking of, I know this isn't at me. This doesn't have to do with me. Although anger and sadness and strife is coming towards me, it's not directed at me. It's that art of letting somebody speak their pain, their story. And then after I've done that and that kind of energy goes down, then comes that conversing and perhaps it's like it's almost like an energy clearing you know like i would say um that happens by just giving someone the 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 bare witness Mm. of themselves and when they get that done there's a whole nother energy in front of me that like you're saying now we can start to do some dance of communication, but it takes me going, this isn't about me. And having the presence to just give them a moment. And it's a loving moment. It's a capacity to just listen. Lynn, beautifully said. Very well said. Yeah, not taking things personally is key. And it can be as simple as, and this happened on a Zoom call recently, you know, somebody just saying, hey, hey, Lynn, I see you. It makes a chemical, like it creates a chemical reaction when someone says, I see you. Erica, I see you. Lynn, I see you. No, I can feel it. I can so feel it just from you saying that. It's, it's so simple. Yeah. You know, we are we are the animal that socializes, you know, evolutionarily speaking, we 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 survive as tribes and we we need that connect we need that connection. It is a it is a total I don't know, mental, physical, spiritual. I think it embodies them all. It's it's a need that we have to to share, 
to be protected by, to be loved by, to be nourished by, and to nourish others. So what's your, what's your advice for people that think they can do it all themselves and they don't need any help or <laughs> I don't know, like what, what, do you, what happens when you come across those people? <laughs> <sighs> That's a good question. Well, I would That's think they're in pain, you know, they're. Yeah. Those are the ones that are like, so you know, when you have, when you hear a noise, for so long that's bothering you you don't even realize you're hearing that noise until that noise gets turned off and you're like ah when it's off right much like a pain you have in your neck or on your, in your shoulder mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden when someone touches you and it releases something just a simple touch and then you realize once you come into that clearance how different that feels and how light that feels so for someone like that, what would you say, Matt? Well, in much the same way that like when you go to someone's house for a party and there's a host who's being a good host, they're kind of the parent of the party, right? Um, you know, they're making sure everybody's, you know, drinks are filled and there's enough food and, you know, everybody's happy and, you know, they introduce people and, and the whole bit. And as much as hosts have parties, so when you go through the world, you should try and be a good host. And so in, in many ways, if somebody is coming at you with, oh, da, 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 I don't need, da, 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 be a parent. And sometimes being a parent means offering up a tiny little morsel and stepping away. Sometimes being a parent is just sending, sending loving energy or just you know backing off because maybe that's what they need at that moment. But, but really you know, being a good parent, being a good host, going through the world that way. Yeah, Matt, Matt talks about that all the time, that the world is your home and everyone in it is your guest. So you may not know this person walking down the street, but that is your honored guest and it's your job to make them comfortable. And everyone should be doing this. <laughs> Think about how comfortable the world would be. And even if they're being an idiot, you know, nobody is an idiot 100% of the time. You know, are they having a bad day? Are they having a bad week? You know, did something terrible just happen? You don't know these things. And so, you know, all you can do is say, okay, buddy, just let's just move on. I heard a long time ago, I think it was Christina Ricci. She was doing an interview and she said, I go through life thinking the world is a small town and everyone's my best friend. She said something like the world is a small town and everyone's on my side. And I'm like, and then I took it as everyone's my best friend. But so like when we're driving on the freeway and there's some angry person that doesn't want to be behind us and they do these crazy maneuvers that are so unsafe and then they end up in front of us. And, you know, and then we end up with the light at the same time anyway. But let that person go. And so we always say, oh, our friend, we don't know this person on the freeway, but oh, our friend must need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like our friend is in a hurry. <laughs> Let's take it easy on them. Let's let them go, please. You know, you don't have to, you have to be more gracious about it. That lightness, because um, imagine if we just walk through the world with that idea when we're in our highest space of like, yeah, this is my home, because it is. And you know what, everyone could be your best friend, because if you needed someone and they were right there, they might turn into your best friend if you're choking and they help you, or you fall down and they call 911 or whatever. So how different, like when you were saying that, like this like flowering was coming out of me in my heart of like, wow, like, what a joyous world. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a hippy dippy thing. Like I'm so woo woo compared to Matt, but, <laughs> but here's the thing. There's scientific evidence yes. behind what I'm saying. So there's the, I don't know if you all have heard about the heart math Institute, but they have, you know, the rods around the planet. Mm-hmm. And so they're showing how interconnected we are. And so they talk about the electromagnetic fields and how our heart is exactly the same frequency as what they measure from the earth. Mm. And there was a study where they had people live underground 
So they weren't picking up on the, what's the, the Hertz, you know, the, the they magnetic weren't, field. They weren't picking up on that wave, right? Yes. They were underground. And what happened to these people was they started to develop really bad headaches because they were not connected to that. And so then they artificially brought that wave to them and immediately the headache, the headache would go away. And so that just shows me that if we are so distant and if we're not truly together, it causes us pain. I definitely think that, I mean, they always say like, <clears throat> illness comes from isolation. You know, so if we're isolated and that's when you can get to like, oh, I don't have anything, everybody else is together or everybody's got this or that and I'm all alone and I don't have what I need and I'm the only one. Like you can just really get lost in your mental story. Whereas the minute someone comes along and connects with you, you start to remember like everyone's got bad days, all the things that you're saying. And, you know, it's almost like inside us, yet we, we are not aware of it. We're using this all the time. And that maybe at this time in heightened crisis, you know, seeing how like you're bringing these forward, like even just the small things we've chattered today are bringing forward this, like, like I said, it's like a flowering of my heart in this. And that's just a remembrance of really what we we are as humans. And we are, you know, not to keep pounding this in, but we are interconnected. So Lynn, if you're feeling pain, that pain is being felt elsewhere. When you are feeling joy, it's being felt on the other side. When you get an idea on one side of the planet, that same seed has been sprouted on the other side of the planet. And like with the Heart Math Institute, like, you know, seeing these scientists trying to record all these vibrations and the wavelengths and the hertz and everything is just, it's, thank God for that because it's showing you proof how one vibration here isn't just existing on its own right here. It's completely part of a huge circuit board <laughs> like it's affecting everyone so right now it's interesting in history i don't think we've ever really well maybe we have actually been here a few times in the world's history but we're all feeling pain at the same time and we are on the verge like the veil is so thin of it can go one way or the other you know it, it is it is a very um, sensitive time. So we can choose to really focus on the good and create joy and happiness and peace and health or the other. It, it's like we have to make a decision. Like things are so split. But energetically, I think that's what's happening in the atmosphere. I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying this in a very technical, scientific way, but do you all am i am i clear matt help me out i'm not clear you're squinting i'm oh, squinting gosh. <laughs> all right no 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 i i i understand where you're coming to it from but i would say that uh you know i'd i'd, I'd go more concrete like you know we're living in this world right now where you know distribution of wealth is at its kind of most incredible kind of spread you know, there's, there's millions of people living on nothing and there's so many now billionaires and multi-billionaires and the rest of it. It's a matter of, you know, we're, we're either going to choose in the next, in this generation or maybe the next, whether or not we're all going to live in this beautiful utopia or not. And that's going to be a very, very hard decision that's made, or, or if we're going to have this elevated class, which is very small and never grows and et cetera, et cetera, and everyone else down below. Or if we're all, if everybody is going to be lifted up into this kind of utopian society. And at the same time, I look at it like we're cleaning house. So the rug is being beaten. All the dust and stuff is all in the air. Everything looks so messy, but we're cleaning it up. And there's no way we can get to a clear state without seeing all the ugly and the dirt. Mm. Right? We have to see what we have to clean up. So it's actually a great time in history right now. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's definitely a shift in all the dimensions, all realities, all different realms. I mean, we talk about it all the time of how everything is changing all at the same time from our government to our currency to isolation. Yeah, the pandemic, you know, it's a world thing. So it is, um, we like to say it's an exciting time and we're Mm -hmm. excited for we, we we choose the joy and the vibration and the health that you were just talking about, Fawn. We choose that as well because attention goes or energy flows where attention goes. So if we all focus on that, that's where we'll go. <laughs> it reminds me, that's what Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza always says. And I've been to his workshops. I love him. And he talks about, what's that thing called that goes back and forth? The It's the... metronome metronome so he talks about how you could have a uh, they did this actually i saw the video they had hundreds of metronomes in the room and they were all operating a different um you know they go back and forth tick 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 and use it to to keep time to keep time so each one has a different time one is like tick tick Tick. The other one is tick, 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 tick. So you have hundreds of these things all operating at a different time. But what nature does is over time, they resonate. They, they totally are in coherence, right? And I think that is what's happening. Mm. Like over time, like they talk about ground, the grandfather clocks that eventually they will operate on the same time. Like if they're not in sync, they're not like ding-donging the same. Matt, stop it. (laughs) It's not woo-woo, this is science. They recorded it. (laughs) Am I making any sense out there? Does anybody understand what I'm saying? You know what? I totally I need a friend. (laughs) Matt always plays devil's advocate. Like he pretends or maybe he totally disagrees with me or looks at me like I'm crazy. But I think that's what's happening. I think all these, all these um, bizarre things that are happening are just different beats and they need to be expressed and shouted. And eventually we'll come back in a coherent fashion. Well, you know, when you're saying that, it reminds me I was a flower grower so long. Like there's so many plants and they all need different things and they all bloom different. And they're even within a species, within the inner species. But you know what? They all go accordance to the seasons. So it doesn't really matter if you plant something, a seed in the winter, it's not going to grow. You know, they all come to the same residence and they all grow at their own pace and they're all individual, but they're also under the umbrella of the weather and the season that they're in. Some things are come up in the spring and whatever. So there's that many clocks going on, but they're really in a unison when you get above it that they're spring flowers or summer flowers or fall flowers. And um, the individuality is allowed to be expressed and the uniqueness of the species and the colors and the things that they offer us, but they're doing it in a unified field. And perhaps that's what we're talking about. And it's then it becomes scientific. <laughs> indeed. Come on, Matt. No, no, no. Indeed. I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. It's been said for, for many years that, uh, you know, when we finally explain it, it ceases to be quote unquote magic and become science. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say that again. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like I, I started to tune it's out. It's an extrapolation I... of a quote by a science fiction author named Isaac Asimov, who was smarter than any dozen people alive today, who said that a significantly, what is it, um, advanced civilization will have what appears to be magic, basically, because we cannot, our brains can't comprehend the advanced level of technology that they have. So flipping that, it turns into magic becomes science as we understand it. I got it. Thank you. 
<laughs> and I mangled the quote. I'm sorry, Isaac. <laughs> you, I, I told, yeah, I get it. Like, um, fire was magic. Oh my but, God, it right. still is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, it's like a strike. Imagine it appears, but come on, it's still magic. <laughs> and friendship is magic. Our connections are magic. Exactly. But then it can be explained by the resonance being recorded by scientists and the emf not the emfs but the hertz the amount never mind never mind no no no. i'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you <laughs> well i think what's lovely is that we're actually seeing that together so hmm. can't science be magic can't magic be science like is are they opposed or are they really coming together in a unison and it's just a different perspective of looking at the same thing hmm. and now we're we're blending a lot of things because like yoginis were teaching things thousands of years ago that now Joe dispenses to, you know what I mean? Like, and now he has the brain waves, but it's the same thing. And was it Galileo who tried to explain all this? And the church was like, Hey, shut up. That's our turf. <laughs> Cause he was bringing in the science with the spirituality and the church was having none of that. And that's where it got separated. Right. And that's the split happened. So you're either spiritual or you're scientific and you can't be together until now. Yeah. But what I like is like this whole thing on friendship, like that is the cohesion or the way to bring that separateness back mm. to whatever it is. If it's science and, you know, science and math, whatever it is. I'm Trump, you're Democrat, you know, I'm virus, you're anti, through the friendship and the connection of the heart and the real genuine, like I'm human, I'm taking care of my family, you're doing the same thing. Like that brings back that field of connection, whether, you know, it's science or not. Um, and, you know, many people don't, I know I teach women, a lot of women never had real friends. Mm. You know, they didn't have the experiences of us. People might not have had strong families or people backing them up. So your whole bringing this forward as a conversation is very important because there's Thank different you. kinds of friends. There's different ways of friendship, but there's one authentic way of love friendship. Exactly true. And at the core of what we do is Aristotle. So when we were matching people up and the way we operate, everything goes back to Aristotle and his Nicomachean ethics. And he said, there are three forms of friendships. There are three friends. There's a friend who is friends with you because of the way they feel when they're with you. Then there's a friend who's friends with you because of what they get from you. And then there's a friend who is your friend because they love you. They just see you. And guess which one is the lasting friendship? The last one. Yeah. Be brutally honest with yourself when you're looking at people to really see what's really going on. So you, you save yourself lots of heartache down the line. And it's okay if someone wants to be friends with you because they're getting A, B, and C from you as long as you realize that and you're not thinking of number three. Three being they just see you and love you for you regardless. And that's, that's where we stand. Thank you, Aristotle. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, or you just left like a beautiful nugget for our <laughs> listeners, but do you guys have any other last nuggets before we end the episode today? What do you think, Matt? We have lots of nuggets. I can't top that. What? It's Aristotle. <laughs> I can't top that. I'm good. Oh. <laughs> we always have lots to talk about. We just want to have, you know, we want to practice get-togethers. So you guys are like nearby. We're in the same town almost. Yeah, right? okay. We yeah. need to um, start. We need to start uh, warming up, you know, like remembering what it's like to have company and remember what it's like to just 
really physically be together. And, you know, before the pandemic, we really didn't have that anyway, let's be honest. Right. And as soon as you take someone away from something or you say you're in timeout, then they want they you know, you want to or if you have a toy that you never played with and then someone takes away your toy, you want that toy. I think that's what happened. (laughs) So I just what I want to leave everyone off with is to be fearless and fearless as in invite someone dangerous over for tea. And I'm not talking dangerous like a serial killer. I'm talking about, you know, dangerous in conversation or, you know what I mean? Like someone totally with a different mindset, like different experience or a different um, way of studying something. Help me out. Right. And then, (laughs) and then hear them and then listen. Yeah. And I invite people to speak and so that's what we do we're like please talk to us call us um email us not too many people have really taken up taken us up on that offer i think they will soon i mean we've had lots of people writing to us saying um how this is great and how they're loving the conversation but i can't wait until people actually start talking and And so that way we can hear them. It's been wonderful for us to be speaking on the podcast. We've been talking for hundreds of hours now. (laughs) Yes. I would love to hear people talk about their heart. I want to hear their hearts and I want to hear your hearts. (laughs) Erica, you're so beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Well, well, since you're close by, yeah, we'll have to connect. We're coming over for some tea. You have no idea. Oh my lord! Careful. (laughs) We talk about how when people come over to our place, ambush. Yeah, you get ambushed at the door. Um, first of all, our our girls will fight over who gets to say hi first, like who gets to open the door, and then I start shoving food in your face like immediately, and you you haven't even come in yet. oh that's so lovely though it's that's that's what we're missing yeah that's what we're missing well thanks for joining with us fawn and matt today it was so lovely chatting with you thanks for having us thank you ladies